For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Bookshop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggies.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode last week. Ryan and I came on for the season preview, talking about the Kings as we get going into the regular season. You can check out that episode or any of our other episodes out streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan, was good. What is going on? As you're giving the introduction, Eric, I was over here. Uh, my wife has an immense amount of uh, essential oil sitting right in front of me where I record. So using them as kind of a smelling salts kind of thing, you know, some of your huffing on a bunch of essential oils trying to get ready for the podcast, man. But you know, we are officially four games into the NBA season. Sacramento's two and two, and I know we're going to talk about that. But uh, uh, I went to my first game, what was that, Sunday? Yeah, Sunday against the Lakers, man, that overtime game. I was fucking in the building. So first game of the season, putting those season tickets to work. Uh, it was shitty, though, I, I will tell you this. So, you know, we talk about it all the time. I wake up early as hell to go to work every day and... I was like, you know what? It's Kings Lakers on a Sunday. The game was at six instead of seven. I'm like, you know what? I can, you know, I can risk a, a couple hours of sleep to go watch the game. And then these motherfuckers go into overtime. Keegan Murray misses that wide open shot at the, at the end of regulation, dude. I ended up not getting home till like 11 o'clock at night. I got about two and a half, three hours of sleep, dude. It was rough and it ruined my whole week. And while we're at the game, I was telling, you know, our buddy Gus, shout out Ziggy Smoke Shop. I was telling him, I'm like, bro, these motherfuckers better win, dude. Because if, if they lose and I stayed up and I risked that sleep on Monday to start my week, I was going to be so pissed. But, you know, ultimately they got it done. It, it was a it was a crazy game. That's the game, you know, obviously Fox rolled his ankle. And, um, you know, he came back and, and he looked good to start the he, he looked good to start the overtime period. And then it was like very obvious he was in, in a shit ton of pain limping up and down the court. But. End of the story, or more of the story, Sacramento got the win, and I'm glad that I fucking risked sleep for that and ruined my my week of sleep. So, fun times. Yeah, I've had a, uh, a couple of those. It's, it's always the thing you go to the games during the week or when you have work the next day. But I, I have a funny story. But a bunch of years ago, I went to see the Hornets and the Kings at Arco, and, and DeMarcus Cousins dropped one of his 50-point games. 
and they were in double overtime. And my wife made me leave because she had work in the morning and she was like throwing a fit because she had some big thing at work that she had to do. So I ended up having to leave. And I remember thinking these motherfuckers, well, better lose because if I just stayed up and did a double overtime and then and then left and they won and Boogie dropped 50, I was going to be pissed. They did lose because the Kings sucked back then. But um, that's going to... Wow, Eric. Can't, can't believe real beta of you, man, just bowing down and fucking leaving in a double overtime yeah. game. What the hell's that? Yeah, it was like a Wednesday night, though, you know. But you know what's interesting is I, I think Boogie had two 50-point games, and I think that I went to both of them because I think the other one was that Portland game we went to years ago where he got thrown out and ejected, but he came back in. You remember that one? Yeah, but I, he had more than two 50-point games in his career. Yeah, I don't know. He, that was like the Port, the Portland game, dude, was like his back, his second game in a row with like 50 points, dude. Damn, DeMarcus Cousins. One in the offseason, we'll just have to do a DeMarcus Cousins appreciation episode, you know? They should bring it back. Yeah, yeah he's the most talented, player, most talented player in Kings history, man. Sacramento Kings history. Most talented. Hands down. It's not even close, dude. Anybody who tries to fucking argue that's ridiculous, dude. There was a stretch. There was about a three-year stretch, two-and-a-half-year stretch, where DeMarcus Cousins was the best center in the NBA. I don't care what anybody says. He was better than Anthony Davis. You know, that was like that transition where there wasn't really any centers. It was like Brooke Lopez, Anthony Davis, and, you know, like a, a, a descending Dwight Howard. You know, and it was, dude, Boogie, Boogie was the best center in the NBA for a few years. It, it was absolutely ridiculous how talented that, that guy was. And the Kings sucked. He just happened... And he, that's what I'm saying. He just happened to play for probably the worst ran franchise in the history of American sports at that time. Yeah, I would say the Kings sucked, but it was still fun to go to all the games when we played. That, that's I mean, if they didn't have him, my God, dude, it would have been it would have been even worse than it really was. You know? Can you imagine if that guy ended up being a bust, dude? What would have happened? Oh, man. Ugh. Sacramento probably they wouldn't be here. They wouldn't have a new stadium. It, it would have been horrible, dude. If 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 he would have turned in like a Thomas Robinson, oh. How bad? Oh, yeah. Very lucky that they that they had him. It w- it would have been bad. No, I think I think about that sometimes. I'm like, but not to get on the whole Demarcus Cousins thing. But as I said, like I said, share the story. All right, uh, betting place to bet. We're coming on after Thursday night football. Just closed that one. Got a nice little teaser that I won, Ryan. Um, looking forward to, to some bets coming up. I'm I'm not going to bet the Kings until if De'Aaron Fox isn't playing. I'm just going to put that out there. But uh, you know, we always start off the episode with the. Uh, with the ad read from bet online. And so uh, here it is. The last major pro sports league is off and rolling and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL college football, UFC and NHL are in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access anytime. Head to bet online today and remember to use your promo code believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. A lot, a lot going on, man. We talked about last week how there was this is like the where everything's going on right now. Every pro sports just fucking humming. So that was that was a long read right there, but shit, man. They ain't lying, dude. Stay in line. You know, we talk about it all the time, you know, how much me and you bet. It really, it, you know, I, I wake up in the morning. That's how degenerate it is. But it's entertaining. And if and if you're responsible with it, it's it's a, something I think that's really positive and really cool. Because it keeps me engaged with other sports as well. But I wake up in the morning. First thing I do, let me check that betting real quick. You know, while I'm getting ready in the morning, I got to take a piss, got to 
drop a deucer or whatever, you know, you're like, let me check those bets real quick. That's the first thing I do in the morning. And it's, you know, it's a really good feeling when you wake up, go in the bathroom and you're up like 75 from the night before. You're like, hell yes, dude. Um, you know, I, I consider us degenerate gamblers, but I guess degenerate's not really fair to ourselves. I, I, responsible gamblers, responsible slash degenerates, just because we we bet on some random shit. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing about betting is you can't get carried away. We know some people like that. Can't get carried away. Uh, you know, if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. But also, uh, you know, also in the back of your head, scare money don't make money. You know, but uh, I'm excited, man. I, I didn't bet as much last week on the NFL. I forget. Oh, I was at the Kings game. That's why. I was, you know, we went down early to the Doco and there's that new bar across from Golden One that we that we hung out at. So I didn't bet as much, but I'm coming into this week, dude. I'm coming in hot with those NFL bets this weekend. Yeah, I can't wait to I can't wait to place those as always. And then I, I'm looking forward to getting in the arena and placing my first live bet. Live bet, live. You know, double live. Oh shit, I forgot. Live bets. A. Hey. So I bet it was shit. I think it was the second quarter. And it was both teams. So this this is Lakers Kings the other night. Second quarter, both teams to score twenty five points or more in the second quarter. Lakers had like twenty nine, Kings had twenty two. De'Aaron Fox came down and hit that fadeaway three at the buzzer, bro. To hit twenty five, and it was like uh, it was five to win, like thirty five or something like that, dude. It was sick. So just a little live bet action from the game, but I hit like four of them, dude. I, I was plus 176 um, on the Kings game when I just from live bets the other night. So it was a good time. Those are all, that's what I said. Live bets live are the best ones. All right. I got something for you, Ryan, as we always do. Talk our, introduce our uh, banter and conversation with a player from our past. Uh, so if this is your first time checking out, this is where I read Ryan, a former player, and based on their bio, he has to guess who that player is. All right, Ryan, here's your guy this week 1996 first round pick. 16th overall from Kentucky. He is a point guard. Uh, playing career was from 96 to 2008. A lot of teams. All right. Uh, 96 to 97, Charlotte Hornets. 97 to 99, Golden State Warriors. 99 to 2000, Sacramento Kings. They only played like 40 games, though, so don't get hung up on that one. 2000 to 2002, Phoenix Suns. 02 to 03, Boston Celtics. 03 to 04, Dallas Mavericks. 04 to 06, Atlanta Hawks, and 06, Detroit Pistons. Average nine points a game. You're going to most, uh, for me, I mostly know him from that time in 0203 on the Celtics. Point guard, who do you think it is, Ryan? Tony Delk? Yeah, Tony Delk. That's a good idea, dude. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, that was hard. Hey, when you, well, the 96 draft, right? Like, that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's Kobe, AI, Steve Nash, like that loaded Peja, that loaded draft, right? And I was like, okay, 96, that's easy. And he said 16th pick. I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. I mean, but you did kind of give it away. You know, I was, and, I, and I've explained this before on the podcast. So like, my thought process when, when you're naming players off is I'm really good at, like, the early 2000s because me and you played so much NBA Live, right? Like, we played so much NBA Live from, like, NBA Live, like, 03 up until, like, 2008. So when you said 0203, I'm like, fuck, Boston Celtics starting point guard. 0203, who was on that? That Jason, because I think Jason Kidd was on the cover that year. And I was like, fuck, who is that? Yeah, Tony Delk. So that's where that's where I get a lot of my pulls from. Yeah, that's a good get. All right, we got to talk about some stuff for sure. So we did the season preview 
um, last episode. Hey, and I want to say this, Ryan. We are on episode 150. So that's kind of... Oh, it's, congratulations. Cheers. Yeah, anytime that you have like a round number like that, I think that's a milestone, 150. So wanted to highlight that. But last week's episode 149, the season preview, we sometimes... We, in the past, we've always broken that up into two parts, but we just did a mostly King-centric one um, last time. And we had we made a lot of points on there. I, I, I thought that was a good conversation, Ryan. Um, but we didn't really talk about the NBA and all the NBA as well. I don't know if you want to go into a little bit of that. Obviously, with some transactions this week and now that the season's about a week old, you know, you've seen some stuff. So what are some things you've been thinking of us across the NBA before the Kings talk? Well, just in the Western Conference, specifically the Pacific Division, dude, look, I mean, look at what just happened, right? James Harden got traded 48 hours ago, you know, and, and it, it, it makes it that much more difficult for Sacramento, okay? Um, it's, you know, it's one of the, I don't want to go, I don't want to dive too much into it, but it's one of those things, like, instantly when that trade happened, I'm like, fuck, all right, here we go. You know, like, what is Sacramento going to do? How How can they compete? And the first thing is instantly it's Sacramento has to upgrade the two position is what it came down to. And I know we're jumping the gun because we, you know, we usually talk about trade deadline and trades later on, but that's just what it comes down to, right? Sacramento has to get more talented at the two position. They got to either have a legit 20 point per game score, or they got to bring a guy in who's, you know, he, he, he can knock down a three, but he plays really, really, really good defense. It's got to be one of those two things. You know, having Herder, who, let's be honest, everybody knows it, has struggled so far earlier on the season and isn't the greatest defender, that's that's kind of a recipe for disaster, um, you know, for for the Pacific Division specifically because you have now, you got to look at it, guards and guards kind of forward wings guys, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Brad Beal. You know, like that's that's ridiculous, dude. Just in your division, um, so it's one of those things that you know I, I was iffy about it coming into the season. And, you know, it was kind of on the back burner and back of my head. I was like, all right, Sacramento probably has to upgrade the starting lineup somewhere. Um, but when James Harden made the move to to LA, it was like, all right, Kings got to get better in that position specifically. So, um, you know, obviously the the one thing Sacramento has going for them is you know, continuity and, you know, having that full season together last year, I do think it's going to take some adjustments for some of those teams, you know, like Phoenix has Brad bill even played yet. I I don't think so. So it'll take some time for them to adjust. It's going to take a while. I believe for the Clippers to really gel and mesh, but come playoff time, these teams will be ready. And you got to suspect that the Lakers are going to make moves as well. Like they do every year. So Uh, it's going to be crazy, dude. The Pacific division is absolutely fucking loaded. Um, there's no division like it in the NBA. The, it's star studded. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, there's hall of famers everywhere. And then you have Sacramento, you know, and, uh, that, that's just crazy to, to think of, you know, to, if you'd asked me the, before last year, what Sacramento would do with their, you know, in this division, I, I would have told you, oh, there were, these fools are winning 20 games, but look where we're at, right? Sacramento has improved that much. And you consider confident and be like, yeah, there's a world where Sacramento wins the Pacific division there. There really is, but, um, there are some holes. You got to stay healthy, obviously with the, the Fox injury, which we kind of hit, hit on a little bit, but, uh, you know, a lot of things have to go right for Sacramento, but it's there and they're in the conversation. And that's a good feeling. If anything, like the, <clears throat> you, 
you can't read too much into uh, one week, you know, even a month in the NBA. And something you said to close out last week's episode, like don't don't read into shit too much, don't get too up, don't get too down. And so you can only you know take so much away from a week's worth of games. But if anything, it kind of it shows what we were talking about about how there's going to be a lot of people in contention, more people than not in contention. There's not going to be this bottom tier of the Western Conference. It's just a shitty bubble that is going to get destroyed by the other teams. It, most teams are going to compete, and then you start talking about the teams that are almost like fr- I want to say fringe, but that's kind of what like the Clippers were last year, you know, and how you're talking about taking going to take time to mesh the Suns and all that. Like they may not be in the top tier of of the Western Conference by standing. So when you come to the end of the season, there you're gonna have teams like that in that bubble that you're competing with. That's what makes it like that. To me, that's something that we saw coming in. And if anything, I'm just it just kind of affirms that a little bit more uh, already. You know? Yeah, I'm looking at the rankings right now. Uh, not to kind of change topics on you and stuff, but. Holy shit, man. Memphis. Fuck Memphis, by the way. Right? We've come on here for the last few years, and we've said fuck Memphis. Memphis is 0-5. Obviously, Jaw's not playing. Um, but Dallas, dude, 4-0, man. That's a team. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a team to, to watch, dude, just because of the talent level. You know, it, it's, it took them, like, obviously last year, I don't even think they made the playoffs, right? It, it took them a second with Kyrie and Luka, but... You know, the God, the Western Conference is loaded, man. I look at the Eastern Conference and I'm like, shit, dude. You know, Sacramento's better in Atlanta, Orlando, Indiana, uh, Brooklyn, New York, Cleveland, Chicago, Toronto, Detroit, Charlotte, Washington. You know, they have Miami at the bottom. But like Sacramento, you're like, damn, they're better than all those teams. Western Conference, man, Dallas, Golden State, Denver, the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, Phoenix. You know, obviously a, a team like New Orleans that's talented. It's just fucking loaded, dude. It, it's wild. It's wild. But uh, it's good, you know, that, again, that Sacramento can be in that conversation. But um, there's so much talent, dude. There, there's It's it's going to be one of those years that night in and night out, uh, you know, you got to bring your A game. And looking at the schedule, you know, me and you talked about last week, record predictions. And some people are probably surprised about how low the win total we had for them. That was one of our reasons, right? You know, having a team at, you know, 42 wins or 44 wins, whatever we said. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that that's the reason why. Because there's literally like 11 teams in the Western Conference that I'd be like, okay, yeah, I can see that team making a little bit of a run. Yeah, that was that. I mean, that was exactly why we made the points. I think that man, I I posted the, the episode, and you know, I, I went on Kingsland and posted. I think I I didn't really get much pushback, and I was actually really surprised because I felt like when I was seeing a lot of threads going on on Twitter and Facebook. When people were saying how many games they'd win, a lot of people were put in the fifties, which you know I didn't. I don't think it's realistic, but I thought that because we were out here saying we were going to be a ride around that over under total forty three forty four, that I thought we'd get a little more shit talk to us. But we didn't. Maybe no one saw it. I I, I don't know, but I, I think that that's totally realistic, which makes this uh, the regular season is gonna it's gonna be exciting. I mean, I, I wanted to say something on Memphis too because when I was reading through the standings, I saw that. And, and, you know, I, like I said, I can't say don't read into things too much on one side and then read into things too much. But when you start the season 0-5, that sucks. I wouldn't want to start off 0-5. John Morant is out for like 20 games. And like, realistically, the way things are shaping up, if they dig themselves into a terrible hole where they're like 3-17 and 17 or 5-15, and 15, that's going to be extremely difficult at that point to even climb back on. Like in, in the way the, the – yeah. Which no love lost. It's gonna t- it's gonna take him. 
and it's going to take them a minute to acclimate. Right. So, um, you know, that's fuck again, fuck Memphis. Right. I mean, you've been on that train for a while. I, I don't think Memphis is that great. Uh, I think, you know, it was one of those situations where we kind of had deer and Fox's back as John Morant got crowned so fucking early when he hadn't done anything, hadn't won anything. And we always felt like deer and Fox never really got his due. And it was kind of disrespectful to Fox that John Morant was automatically placed above him. Um, but if I had to start a franchise today, dude, I'm taking deer and Fox all day long and twice on Sundays over John Morant, dude. I, I don't even think it's close anymore. I think he has separated himself so much uh, fr- from that, you know, pack. I, I think he's up there with the elites, man. Obviously Steph Curry's at the top of the mountain, but Fox is the next level below, dude. He's separated himself from those guys like John Morant and those mediocre point guards, you know? Yeah. I'm looking at some of the stats and it, dude, we're only talking three or four games. So what the hell, you know? Uh, but what is, what is interesting if you go through the stats already, <clears throat> Uh, a lot of the Kings players look already about their average or what they were last year, which is it's interesting how that pans out. Except for De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox at 31 points. So I'll just point that out. Um, one thing I was looking at... Three games. Three. Ga- he's only played three games. It is what it I is. I know. I was more just... It's interesting, you know, how numbers get all mixed and skewed in the early season. But it's weird how it all... Everybody pretty much looks in line with what their averages were last year. So uh, what's interesting about minutes, though, is I really wanted to see where Vizenkov fell in because we had a conversation about him last week and you were kind of thinking that maybe he wouldn't play as much early in the season. But they're throwing him in 16 minutes a game. I see him constantly throughout the game. Um, so that's, you know, and Duarte's playing pretty much equal amount of minutes. And JaVel McGee's actually playing a lot, too, which I'm happy with. He had a big block the other day. Um that was something we t- had a big dunk and he had a, a big dunk in the game I went to. Yeah, that was something we we talked we talked about as one of the things to look forward to, and that they needed someone who actually can play, you know, minutes like that, like in the ten to fifteen range at times that can actually be productive. And he's he's just so athletic, you know that that to see him actually playing because you never know. I mean, remember they've done this a couple times where they've gotten these backup big men, you know, even when they got Alex Lynn and and. You know, and they just um, don't end up playing them. You know, you sometimes you sign guys and you think there's going to be a different role for them, and then all of a sudden they don't play at all. But that's not that doesn't look like it's going to be the case with him or Vizinkov. Well, he feels like specifically Javale McGee. He feels a much needed role, right? I mean, you have come on here and said we they need a rim protector, they need a guy who can run, um, and and he provides that with Vizinkov, man. I did. I wasn't sure, and I, I talked about this last week. Is I wasn't sure how he would adjust, uh, you know, to the to the NBA game. You know, kind of defensively, and it's still early until guys only playing like sixteen minutes a game. I think he's averaging like seven points, seven and a half points per game, and it's early. Um, but I wasn't sure how he would adjust. I went to the game, dude. That guy's fucking big. <laughs> like he's a big he's a big dude, man, and. Uh, his release, one thing one thing I, I really noticed was how quick his release was, man. Once that guy gets comfortable, I think there's going to be a stride. Give him a few months into the season. Once he hit a stride, that, that guy's going to be make you know making some waves in the lineup. And by the end, by the when it's all said and done by the end of the season, he's definitely going to have uh you know a, a lot of minutes. So obviously a, a great pickup. And I, again, I'm I'm surprised that he's playing as much as he is, but they again you know he's a he's a lefty who can fucking shoot and he's big like what else do you want from a 
you know, from your seventh or eighth guy off the bench. Well, another thing to add too is that Trey Lyles hasn't played at all this season. So I guess that is a factor too. Is they have a guy who I would expect to play that is not playing. I wonder what's going to happen there once he does. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Lyles offensively is fantastic, man. He he was so good for Sacramento late last year. I totally forgot about him. Yeah. Well, that's a you know that's another thing to watch. I guess just to bring it up, um, you know, a couple takeaways, Ryan. The Kings still can't beat the Warriors, so we got that going for us, which is nice. Got to get over the hump. That's one of those, you know, for for all these people who are saying, you know, like, and you were talking about seeing on Facebook with fifty game winners and all this, you know, stuff over the season. We've talked, you know, I talked about it earlier today. Sacramento's got to upgrade probably the two position to put themselves in the upper echelon of the Western Conference. But you got to get over Golden State, you know, like if you can't get past the mental block that you have against Golden State. Uh, Malik Monk said it last night. He said those guys, you know, they have our number. And if you can't get past that, you're you're going nowhere, right? That, that's a divisional, um, yeah, divisional opponent that you're going to play. They played him twice already. What are they going to play him two? How many times did they play divisional? Six or four? I can't remember. But you're going to play him a couple more times this year. And you got to get over the hump. And you don't want you know to get swept in the regular season after you lost a game seven on your court last year, and then have to see those guys in the playoffs in the first or you know, second round if we're so lucky to get there. So uh, you, you got to get over the hunt, man. They're talented enough. You know, 102-101 last night in Golden State without Deer and Fox. Um, you know, it's there. It, it's there. But for some reason, they just can't finish. I don't know what it is, but they just can't finish. But, um, you know, I, I was listening. One of, my, one of my shows that I listen to now is now that, you know, Whitey Gleason is back on 1140. I listened to him and uh, Draper, and they, they have the afternoon show when I'm driving home. I've been listening, and, uh, you know, they, they've, they they were talking about how uh, some guys called in. They're like, oh, Deer and Fox didn't play, and we almost beat them, blah, blah, blah. Eh, that doesn't really matter, right? Like, at the end of the day, the game flow was different. It was a low-scoring game. If he plays, maybe they score more and they give up more, so... Um, you know, I, I don't really take any moral victories when it comes to that, but it's right there. Somebody just has to make a play at the end and you got to get over the mental, uh, the mental freaking hump that you have with Golden State or you're going nowhere. I think it's weird because I think that they match up well against them personally. I, I think that they're, I think they do. And, and <laughs> that's what's funny is that a team that you should match up well against. And you see so frequently, you would think that that would translate a little bit more into winning more once in a while. But Jesus, man, they just can't fucking beat them. They're four and nine in their last thirteen against them. Yeah, and does that include the playoffs? That's it. That includes yeah, last thirteen games they've played. They're four and nine. Regular season, yeah, regular season, dude. You know that. Well, that's yeah. What, what does that turn into? You know, one into whatever. Yeah, probably even worse. Yeah, yeah. it's it. It just seems like that's always been the case. They like. And and all the games look the same, where the Kings, you know, get out ahead or they they keep it close. But like you're saying, at the end, they just can't finish. Golden State always finds a way for either, you know, Curry or Thompson to give a fucking shot, and it just always happens. I don't know. Yeah, they didn't. You know, Golden State didn't play lights out last night. Yeah. You know, Steph had 21, Clay had 14, but it's fucking little bench guys, dudes. Dario Saric and Kaminga, 15 and 12, both you know for their scores. So. It's kind of the difference right there. The Kings, outside of Malik Monk, got no help uh, from the bench. Vincent off two points. 
McGee six and six. That's cool. But you know, Duarte two points and Jones four points. So uh, it was not an overwhelming, you know, statistical performance from Golden State. And I felt like as I was watching, it was one of those games that they should have won and could have won. But it is what it is, man. Like I said, there's a mental block there, and they got mind control over Debo, dude. There, you know, there's something there. You kind of alluded to it about not having the other score, and that's something we spent a lot of time talking about with Keegan Murray about he was going to have to score uh, more and more frequently. <laughs> you know, especially in games like yesterday, and uh, that that is something, man, to plant the seed. Like you, you talked about Herder, and they have to upgrade the two position. That that's gonna be that's gonna be something. I think you know we have to come on here. We talk about the next month, what to look for. To me, it's what to look for. See who takes the bonus out of it? Who's who's the other guy that's gonna that's gonna do it? And uh, I don't know, man. Herder Herder around Kingsland, I can tell you, has people have gotten sour on him. I don't know if you have you noticed this. Have you gone onto threads and noticed this? Uh, on Herder, yeah. Yeah, I, I've heard it. You know, I, I haven't really been on the Facebook page just because of what's been going on in our lives the last like week. But uh, I'm listening. You know, people calling in, talking shit about Herder, and everyone's talking about the slow start that he's had. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Hopefully, he snaps out of it. Well, I think that a lot of well, I bring it up because you know we kind of notice it, and everybody else is starting to notice it too. And I'm trying to, I guess, I'm trying to predict the controversy, like we always do. Like, what's going to be the biggest controversial topic? The there it is already. Weeks. That's it. That's why I kind of bring it up. It's like I feel like that might be it because you have so many people who are already pretty passionate about it. Um, you know, you have a lot of people out there. That- well, he has. You know, he has one job, right? You you have one job, and your job is to shoot threes. And when you're not hitting any threes, and you don't play great defense, and you're not a primary ball handler, you're kind of just floating around out there. You know, he did hit that shot against the Lakers to pretty much seal the win. And I was like, okay, this might be a turning point. And then you suck it up the next night. Uh, it is a controversy. And that's kind of why we brought it up earlier. It is something that you got to take a look at. And it is something that I've already identified as, you know, Sacramento's weakness. You know, rolling into a, any night, any team they play, the one, the three, the four, and the five, I'm like, okay, those are all positions where. You know, I'm confident, you know, depending on this team as a superstar, we probably have the best player at that position, right? Night in, night out, if you look at it, you know, unless the team's, unless somebody has like that one guy, uh, you know, but at the two position is the one position I look at and I'm like, night in and night out, man, that guy's not the best. He's not the best two guard on the court, right? Especially, you know, look at our conference, I already talked about it, you know, with the, with the Clippers now having Harden and, Phoenix having Brad Bill and Devin Booker. It's like, where does Herter fall in on that? And, um, that's something that I think they, they for sure need to upgrade. And it's something to take a look at because if he has another like five-game stretch with his same statistical output, it's going to be bad. People are going to be calling for him, especially when you have a guy like Malik Monk on the bench. Who I'm not calling for Malik Monk to be in the starting lineup because obviously he's, he's a six-man. He's really good at it, but... When people see that, that a guy on the bench is better than the guy in the starting lineup, it's going to be an issue. It's going to be an issue. And if if this, you know, pattern continues by Christmas, dude, people are going to be calling for that guy's head. That's Yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Like a lot of people like Malik Monk, you know, he especially because he scores and he does it from the bench. So a lot of people just love that shit. That, that's how you become a fan favorite, especially in Sacramento. Uh, but yeah, you look at Herder's shooting stats. So you said he's got to do one thing and you got to shoot. 
you know, yesterday one for five, twenty two percent on the year on in four games or something, right? So, I mean, you 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 always expect everyone to get back to their averages, you know, and so at in time that should change. But I think it really turned a lot in the playoff series last year. I think a lot of people kind of saw that and got it in their heads. And then he comes out in the season, this season kind of looking the same. And if this continues for another six weeks, I think you're going to have a major like outrage from people there, especially if the season doesn't go the way people thought. And with some people having such high expectations, you know, I, I, I see a ton of overreacting this season in general, regardless. I mean, I, th- I think the Kings are going to be good and there's just going to be a competitive conference, like I'm saying. But I, I expect the season to be of uh, tremendous outrage and turmoil amongst like fans and shit because of the expectations they put on. And, and it's funny because people like to forget or tend to forget in a short time ago where the Kings were and where they were for a long time before that. You know, and then all of a sudden in one season you get good and, and you get you make the playoffs and all of a sudden, you know, that that's that's what happens to fan bases though. They get a, it's a, they just start freaking out and thinking that they're gonna take it to the next level this year, and I think that he's gonna be the target for a lot of people. Yeah, and it, it, you know, another factor in that is something that we talked about last week again was health, right? Like Sacramento had the same starting lineup night in and night out. There wasn't a significant injury that made a guy miss more than you know, a couple games. We've already seen it, man. Fox rolling the ankle, missing a couple games. You know, um, that's going to be a huge factor in that. And then on top of it, if you're not getting the best from your guys, dude, you're how can you compete? You know, how can you compete when you're missing 30 points per game? You have a two guard who's shooting two, 22% from the three and doesn't play defense. I shouldn't say he doesn't play defense. He, he's not an elite defender. It's not what he's known for. Um, how do you compete? Right? So, Fans are going to get mad, and that's, you know, by Christmas, if the if the pattern continues, it's going to be a problem. But, you know, it, part of that, too, though, is a fan's fault of being kind of unrealistic with your expectations. You know, if you thought Sacramento was going to win 50 games, you're crazy. Uh, I, I don't know how many teams win 50 games in the Western Conference this year outside of Denver. You know, does anybody? It, it, you know, maybe Denver, you know, hot start from Dallas. You know, maybe they get there, but it, it's so competitive you know, lower the expectations a little bit, be realistic about the situation. And, um, you know, people don't overact. Well, that's what I mean about the, there's a formula here for, to turn into that. You have one, uh, you know, overestimating the, the team expectations this year, uh, coming off of the most successful season in 20 years. And then, which, you know, a lot of people in the fan base now are just jumping on that haven't been riding in the, uh, in the dirt for a long time. So you're hearing those opinions pretty loud as well. You have all that combined for the guy who just came off of a crappy playoff series. If he carries in the season, he's going to be the target. It's just, you see the formula, like you could see it very clearly and I'm not rooting for anything. I mean, we, we do, we do this every season where we kind of point out stuff like this, but obviously we would love for nothing more for the Kings to be the best. So I'm not rooting for things. I'm just saying, calling it what it is. Like we always do. And you can just see it, bro. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I think that another uh, another thing that's going on right now is uh, Keegan Murray. I've been watch- I watch a lot of press conferences, especially like on YouTube and stuff after games. He, they've been uh, Mike Brown's been talking a lot and being outspoken about him, telling him to shoot more, take shot, take shots, do that more. And I think that kind of an early thing is is what we talked about. People can't expect a progression to happen so quickly. 
Um, and uh, I, I still think that that's what that's what a lot of focus seems to come off the press conferences from from the team around Keegan Murray. Uh, have you seen some of those? Yeah, there's you know there's kind of been a lot of Mike Brown snippets from the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you saw the one where he was talking about uh, it. It was like a practice or something where somebody went under a screen instead of over the top, and Keegan Murray didn't shoot it, and he's yelling at him, telling him he'll bench him, and all this stuff. Right? It wasn't nothing big, but it just shows the expectation. Right? It's one of those things that just kind of shows you the the writing on the wall. Uh, all the smoke podcast, Mike Brown was on there and you know, Matt Barnes asked him like, you know, the NBA in the NBA, you kind of need three stars, need that big three. Who's the guy you're expecting to step up and be that next, you know, that next player in line behind Sabonis and Fox. Mike Brown came on and said, Keegan Murray, you know, we expect it to be Keegan Murray. And, um, you know, when you have a rookie season, like you did, the expectations are going to be there, right? Like, obviously, I, I don't think they're unreasonable. I think he's perfectly capable of getting there. I think he's going to get there. I think we talked about last week about 16, 17 points a game is where we think he'll get there. I, I think he will this year, um, you know, especially after the season he had last year and playing Team USA this summer. Uh, but it's, you know, him jumping into the superstar, all-star kind of thing, talk that I have seen a few people talk about on Facebook, I think is unrealistic, but for him to be, you know, for, for him to jump up to 16 and 17, his second year, and then shoot a high percentage from three, you know, don't let the three point percentage dip, um, keep the same statistical averages. And you know, that's successful in my opinion. Yeah. Just do it, do it at more volume probably, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah, More volume. Exactly. Looking ahead to the King's schedule. Um, you know, you talk about, uh, if there is a lull, which there won't be as many, they play the Rockets back to back at in Houston, um, which you know that would be a great opportunity to start uh, a little streak against an inferior team. Uh, I was reading today that they think De'Aaron Fox might might be a go for Saturday, like that quickly. So that that if that would be great. I think I saw Mon. I thought I saw Monday. I just, Either way, he, he's close. Yeah, I saw something today. Something today from how do you say his name? Shams. Old Shams. From Shams. Yeah, that's what someone was posting today that he said that. So I don't know, true or not, he should be be back. But we talked about those. That's that's one of those ones that are like trap games, dude, because they're they're young and they they have some veteran guys mixed in there too. So that's you know like no no gimmies, but you know when you got you know probably until we record, we probably have about three games: two against the Rockets, one against the Trailblazers, which are all I guess winnable games. And then you know next Friday, read off. Read off, read off those games. The next, what would you say, ten? Read off the next ten. Let's predict the record real quick. Yeah, Rockets, Rockets, um, Trailblazers, Thunder, Cavs, Lakers, Spurs, Mavericks. That's a nice little run. The back ends well. Man, five and five. Because you got to figure right. Like it's extremely difficult to beat a team twice back to back on the road. Right, so you got to figure they're probably going to split with Houston, regardless of what's going on. And I, I if, when they do play Houston, be, I, I think they'll be, I think they'll be without Deer and Fox for one of those games, right? Like I, I don't think he'll play in a back to back or whatever it is, you know, coming off the injury. Um, I think Cleveland's a bad matchup for Sacramento, just off off the top of my head. Um. Playing at the Lakers after you just beat them in overtime, that's a rough game. Dallas is hot. 
You know, you you want to sit up here and say, oh, well, they're playing Houston twice and they're playing, you know, Cleveland and they're playing, I think you said San Antonio in there. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, there's a wins. Difficult, man. It's the NBA. I, I, I think five and five over the next 10, you know, and you're sitting at what, seven and seven after 14 games, you know, and that's pretty on par with where our predictions were this year. So there's the 10 games takes them. There's two games against the Pelicans. That would be nine and 10. I, I didn't read those off to you, but, uh, but you once if you look at the schedule, you have this little, you know, stay in Houston. They come back for three games at home, but then, then that ten games takes them into a. Uh, I think th- how many of those? Four of those are going to be on the road. A, a long road trip, man. They're going to be on the road for, for about ten days, dude. You know, they're playing the Lakers, the Spurs, the Mavericks, the Pelicans, the Pelicans, the Timberwolves. You know, that's that's a that's a run. And then they come back at home against the Warriors, at home against the Clippers, at home against the Nuggets. That that's basically the end of the it's rough. That's till the end of the month. That takes us to December second, dude. That's brutal. That might that might be an zero and three stretch at home. You know what I mean? That's how difficult that is. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know, I think we we usually don't look ahead at the schedule like this intently, you know, on here. But uh, man, I mean, that's brutal as it gets when you have a bunch of road like road games like that, and then you come back and your three games at home are just like against pretty much powerhouses in the in the conference, like. Man, but that's going to be the NBA this season. And if, if if they want to make the playoffs and if they want to get there, they're going to have to find a way to hang and, and, and get through all that. So um, we'll see. I mean, I can't I can't wait till they're to go to a game. I didn't get I haven't got to go to one yet. And so I'm looking forward to some of those home games. Hopefully we'll be able to go. But uh, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening. In. If you ever want to interact and be a part of the show, you can do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan. Uh, we're pretty active on our Facebook group, Kingsland. Join that. 7,000 members, best place to talk Kings with other people. If you want to support the show, please slide down on Apple Podcasts or slide up on Spotify and leave us a five-star review. It does help us reach more Kings fans just like you. And as always, check us out on the Believe Podcast Network, where we are, the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.